Hello, welcome to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. I'm your host, AC. Here is where we discuss all things faith and family. I share real life stories of home life as a wife, a mother of five, home educator, and all the learning curves my family and I are journeying through. As you can imagine, we're in a busy season and I got a lot to share. The goal? Getting back to the basics of raising strong families. Let's talk about it. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode seven entitled Chain Breakers. If you know me or you've read my book, AC Pearls, Writing a Legacy, you know that I had a twin brother. He was one of two people on this planet that I could geek out and have the best theological and family conversations with for hours. We'd often discuss family, the state of the world, and what was in our power to create positive and sustainable change. In today's episode, I want to talk about what generational curses and setbacks look like and what it means to be chain breakers. Before we jump into that segment of the podcast, let's jump into some AC Pearls. Y'all, it's difficult sometimes to choose just one section of scripture to read for these AC Pearl segments. Sometimes I feel we need to read the whole chapter to really get the context for how it applies to the the family talk discussion. I want to go deeper with this podcast, challenge myself and grow what is slowly becoming a ministry for me. Hubby and I have daily Bible study with our girls at home. It doesn't matter if we're uh, traveling or if hubby is away for work. We do our best to be consistent in our home life at daily Bible reading and um, studying as individuals and a family unit. Mind you, our girls are young and their attention spans are still developing, but we can always take the meaty portions of scripture and make practical and age appropriate applications for them. So I'm going to challenge myself to audio record the reading of the word chapter by chapter. I'm already doing it with this podcast. Before I hop on the podcast, I read a whole chapter, sometimes a whole book of scripture, just to make sure I'm applying it well. And it's truly reflective of what's happening in our home and family life. The great thing about this challenge is I'll build my own audio recording playlist. And once my girls are old enough, they can listen to mommy read to them at their leisure and we'll have family friendly content to add to the legacy box. I'm totally inspired. Challenge accepted. I'm not quite sure how publishing and copyrights outside of uh, using it, using this content for individual and family use, but it's something I could definitely research. I'm going to be reading from Deuteronomy chapter one, verses 26 to 33. Yet you were unwilling to go up. Instead, you rebelled against the command of the Lord, your God, and you grumbled in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt by saying the people are bigger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified up to heaven. And besides, we saw the sons of Anakim there. But I said to you, do not be terrified nor fear them. 
The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as a man carries his son on all of the road which you have walked until you came to this place. Yet, in spite of all this, you did not trust the Lord your God who goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to make camp in the fire by night to show you the way by which you should go and in the cloud by day. There's three major points that I want to make and that I took away from this chapter of scripture. Number one, the people were unwilling to go. Instead, they spent their time and energy grumbling in their tents and complaining. Number two, the lies were, were spun up in their idleness. They said to themselves, because the Lord hates us. And number three, they shrunk God and what God could do with them, for them, through them to match their tiny perspectives that they created in their idleness, in their grumbling and complaining. Here's what God has taught me over the past 20 years of my adult life. My mind's will and emotions are powerful. If we don't learn to master over our mind, will, and emotions, best believe they will master over us. What I've learned best from the nation of Israel is the difference between the slave mentality and a free mentality. The slave mentality says, I was in chains, but at least I ate well and um, I didn't have to face fortified cities and people twice my size. Notice how we treat our time and energy when we're idle and we're not facing the challenges of the day. We complain. We grumble. You know what grumbling sounds like? (laughs) And I think there's a huge difference between grumbling and complaining. Complaining is more like it's not going well. You're frustrated and you're just kind of talking your frustrations out loud. Grumbling is a whole different level. Grumbling is, (laughs) I think I can picture the facial expression and the, the posture of your body and your, your, your emotions more than the actual words that are coming out of your mouth. When, when we grumble, when we grumble, we're just like, I picture a troll in my mind. This is stupid. I can't believe this. Oh, this is. And on top of your complaining, it's just like this rah, rah, rah type of attitude. Our imagination creates narratives. We immediately accept as truth and we run with it. We shrink God and what he said to make our narrative the loud and prevailing voice in our mind, our spirit and emotions. I encourage you to read the entire chapter of Deuteronomy just to really get a sense for what grumbling and complaining does. And I could just imagine God like as a parent with his arms crossed and tapping his foot like, are you done? Are are, are we done? (laughs) Here's an AC Pro to wrap up the segment. Deuteronomy 1, 35 through 38. Not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land which I swore to give your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him I will give the land on which he has set foot, and to his sons, because he has followed the Lord fully. The Lord was angry with me also on your account, saying, Not even you shall enter there. 
Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, shall himself enter there. Encourage him, for he will give it to Israel as an inheritance. Imagine being Moses. God has just told you. Not, wait, let's back up. Not only has God delivered you, used you to deliver your people out of slavery, and he has shown you all these signs and wonders, the fire and the, the cloud has guided you by day and night, and he's promised you an inheritance after he delivered you from slavery. And now because of disobedience, you're not going to be able to, he has pretty much dispossessed you. And then he has told you (laughs) to encourage another person to give what he originally promised you. There's always a choice. Walk into what God has promised and laid out for you and take hold of it or be a wanderer or worse. God will use you to encourage and bless someone else and accomplish what was originally an inheritance for you. Be willing and go. Instead of spending your time and energy grumbling in your tents, as sometimes when I, I tell my girls, close your lips <laughs> and go. Don't believe the lies that we spring up for ourselves in our idleness. Go. God is not small. Our perspectives are at times. He is big and he can accomplish and give to you what he has promised for you as an inheritance. AC Talks. All right. As I mentioned in the intro of this episode, I had a twin brother. My twin brother, Carlisle, and I would have long conversations ranging from the state of the world, problems in government, why marriages in the U.S. are failing, and so on. We could list a litany of things wrong in each subject of our conversations. Corrupt hearts, ignorant people, social constructs inadequate systems. The list goes on for days. Carlisle and I always brought the conversation back to God and family. Family for me, is ground zero. What I'm doing in my day to day to create the ripple effect of change in and for my family is my way of creating tangible solutions to abstract problems. In my book, AC Pearls, Writing a Legacy, I mentioned how literal I can be and how I see things from a very utilitarian point of view. That's just how God wired me. If the state of the country and our communities are in shambles, I have to be able to trace the, the problem back to where it's starting, where it's originating. That's how I discover what I can do to establish real and sustainable change. Carlisle and I would discuss our childhood, recalling how we viewed the world growing up and the people events that changed us for the better or for the worse. Our conversations made a notable shift as our families grew and the seasons matured us. He was one of the few people I could call to discuss complex and troublesome topics like generational curses and the sense of being enslaved to something I couldn't see. I would call him in the middle of the night, totally distraught over an epiphany. True to Carlisle's nature, he'd calmly start at the beginning of my dramatic rant (laughs) and layer by layer began to help me 
wrestle and unpack what was bothering me. Roughly 15 years ago, I struggled with pain from what felt like a weight on my heart, primarily because I lacked intentionality as a mother, because I was completely unprepared and uninformed. I was, I, I learned as I was, it was like a trial and error for me. I was 19 years old when I had my son. So that first 10 years before I met my husband, it was a trial and error type of process. And it's, it's not completely unique to me, but I was young and immature and I did not have the tools and my tool bag. I was uninformed and unprepared. So I fumbled a lot. And I understood how children viewed the world. And I realized early on how critical parenthood is and how little time I had to make a positive impact in this little person's life. So it it just always panicked me a lot because I'm just like, I understand the implications of what will happen if I failed at this thing called parenthood. That's to me at an early age, that's what generational curses look like. When I fail as a parent, when I'm not intentional and the ripple effect of my actions onto this little person is going to be repeated. And it it terrified me. So Carlisle and I's conversation encouraged me and they were like therapy. Over the years, not only did I learn how to independently unpack some of the most stressful realities and difficult seasons of my life, but I discovered the power I possessed to create positive and sustainable change within the chaos by the grace of God. Of course, we made a pact, Carlisle and I, we made a pact just a few years before he died that we would be chain breakers. We both understood how the problem of ignorance, fear, a weak will and unintentional living were the literal chains that were reaping havoc in our family unit, our marriage and our, in our communities. Again, in my book, I wrote about putting a name to the things that hold us back from being the best version of ourselves and functioning in our true calling. It broke my heart when Carlisle died. I no longer had my womb mate and partner in the chain breaking game. For about a year, I, I lost focus. I was almost ready to submit to the idea that being a lone chain breaker was futile and pointless. Almost. Much like how Carlisle and I's conversation took milestone shifts as we got older and wiser, the season of grief I had over losing my wombmate matured me in ways I, I, I never imagined. It was the first time I couldn't pick up the phone at 2 a.m. or text, hey, you awake? <laughs> and hoping he'd be um, at home playing pool or and, and down to talk about whatever was keeping me awake. It was also the first time I could literally feel a power shift. Now, I learned how to shift from a defensive posture of simply responding to the chaos and the dysfunction and brokenness to a posture of pro proactively sifting it out. I came out of that season of grief, hyper aware, focused and ready to get back to who Carlisle and I said we would be a chain breaker. 
a classic example of what it looks like to be bound and held down by generational chains and curses can be seen in marriage. Two broken people trying to make a marriage work by using the adopted broken perspectives and toxic behaviors from past generations. They, they like, they rattle with the sounds of chains to me. I could hear those same chains rattling the day hubby and I made a breakthrough with the toxic patterns of thinking and brokenness that was hurting our marriage. We typically don't view marriage and family as the, the formation of a team. When we marry, we become our spouse's teammate. What's the game? The game is life. Okay. (laughs) Who's the proverbial opponent? I think it's time. We're in a race to live intentional, meaningful, and purposeful lives with an unknown variable of time. What's the goal? To make life-changing impacts that cause ripple effects throughout the generations well after we're gone. Functioning as distracted, uninvolved, and powerless individuals is what's plaguing home life and marriages. They are chains, okay? When chains are involved, the, the race of life becomes a battlefield. We're distracted with fighting and completely, we just completely abandon our purpose and the meaning. The day hubby and I had our breakthrough, we went back and forth in what Priscilla Shire calls heated fellowship. And we were not having the same conversations, the outcome of our heated exchanges would would go nowhere and fast, and it got stupid. I hated them. In the middle of our petty disputes and out of nowhere, I just I just remember this one particular argument. We were just going back and forth, and in the middle of it, I just remember screaming, "Are we doing the work to break the generational chains in this marriage?" And I was just, I was staring at the floor. <laughs> I couldn't even look at him. I was staring at the floor because I was just like tired. I was done. Like I understood I was not fighting with my husband. Well, let me take that back. We were fighting. <laughs> but the argument wasn't a real like fight because in a fight, you know, one person is, it's like a tug of war. One person's winning, one person's losing. And this, we were both losing. And it just was just stupid. And hubby, I remember he responded. He was like, wait, what, what does that have to do with anything? And I'm like, everything, actually, this is how the generational chains are passed down. We're not addressing the real problem as teammates. We're not attacking the same problems. We're just spinning our heads, going back and forth and accomplishing nothing. Instead, We argue about crap that makes zero impact on our lives and on our children. When we're dead and gone, what are we leaving them behind? And because quite frankly, we're running out of time. We're literally, we literally have no time for this. Here's what we learned in that breakthrough. Chains, oh my gosh, chains hold us down and we have to name, we have to name what's holding us down. I got my own generational curses. Brandon has his that 
we're both, we both brought into this marriage. We both have to do our part to name the chain. What's holding us down? What's hold, what is, what has us in this state of brokenness and this cycle of stupidity? <laughs> That's what it was. We have to name it. What is it? And then we have, we both have to do our part to break the cycle. That moment was an opportunity for us after we pretty much was like, you know, I was, I was so impressed with hubby that day because after I had that epiphany and I, I, I was just screaming, like, I'm done with this. Like, so we have to stop it. This is stupid. And his response was like a superhero to me. He was just like, fine, this is the moment. Let's break the beep thing. <laughs> Let's break the darn thing. And that moment was so powerful. It turned into a petty dispute about, I can't even tell you what we were arguing about and what we we're going back and forth about. It was, that's how dumb it was. I don't even know what we were arguing about, but it turned from a petty argument to a powerful moment where we both agreed we didn't want to do this anymore. And we broke the darn thing. In that argument, I heard the rattling chains and we both called it out. Hubby broke the darn thing because by the way he responded and we just became partners at that very moment. That's what it looks like. In that moment, we became teammates. It only took him seconds to completely redirect and focus our exchange from a petty wandering like argument to what was actually happening at that moment. I call it polishing the family heirloom. The hour long discussion following our breakthrough was, was powerful. It was a chain breaking moment. That's what it looks like. Every heated fellowship after that got easier to spot, call out and break. We reached a milestone in our marriage and it was, it was very, it was freeing. I loved it. In the following months, I felt the transition from being weighed down by generational chains and curses to functioning as teammates and living intentionally. In Deuteronomy chapter one, God reminds the nation of Israel of their blessing. He establishes boundaries for them and lays out what was their inheritance. All they had to do was believe and take ownership of it. He didn't force them. They had a choice. Here's where we mess up in taking hold of our inheritance. We choose to fall into this this generational curse. We find ourselves on familiar paths of fear, grumbling, complaining, and, and just re- we're rebellious people. And instead of being intentional to follow God's path that has already been laid out for us, we forget that he delivered us from slavery and bondage. He already freed us. We measure how big and tall people are and we and how difficult a situation is against a God who parted the waters. Here's a pearl to wrap up the segment. As a result of one generation's rebellion, God started over with the new generation, their children. He gave them a fresh start, the same inheritance, warnings, and blessings he gave to the children of the rebellious generation. Here's the irony of it all. God used the older generation to teach and encourage the generation that would actually 
inherit the blessing. We have the benefit of learning from the choices of generations past. We can either walk the same paths, knowing where it leads, or choose God's way and be chain breakers. All right, it's time for the Q&A segment of the podcast. Question number one, are you planning on going into ministry full time? Answer, I am. (laughs) I am in ministry full time. Are you, if you're referring to like the traditional sense where, you know, I'm getting up on a platform as far as like a podium and, you know, doing it like a pastor? No, absolutely not. Um, My ministry is at home. Um, uh, I look at it in a traditional sense, but not the way the world looks at it. Um, mommyhood is a ministry. Okay. Being a wife and working on my marriage and modeling what a healthy marriage looks like for my children and growing the intimacy between me and my partner, that is a ministry. And trust me, it's hard work setting the standard for what family and faith looks like for my daughters and my son so that they can go out into the world and choose partners wisely and grow a family and have a healthy, balanced home life. That is the ministry. That's the goal. So I'm in full-time ministry right now and it's called mommyhood and motherhood (laughs) and wifeyhood and all the above. So question number two, Do you have any regrets in life? Oh, regret. That's an interesting word to me. Are there situations in my life that are regrettable? Yes. Have I walked through some fires and they have grown me and taught me some things that I wouldn't want to undo? Yes. So I have regrettable moments in my life, but I, some of them I needed Some of them without it, I don't know who I'd be today. So, and God had to put me through some things for me to be the person I am today. And those moments I don't regret. They sucked, (laughs) but, but no, so no, I don't regret. Would I have rather met my husband at 19 and got married and have the wonderful children that I have today? Yes, but we're a blended family. I made my choices young and they were not the wisest choices, but I wouldn't undo that to, for anything. Question number three, who has had the biggest influence in your life? Outside of my faith and all the amazing stories that I read in the Bible, I would, you know what? It's, I'm kind of weird, but I, I listen to a lot of athletes, (laughs) Like Kobe Bryant, I listened to a lot of his old clips and just how he encouraged himself, Shaq. (laughs) So the biggest influencers in my life are champions. I follow a lot of athletes and real quick, I want this recent clip that I, I listened to just the other day. Shaq and Kobe were having an exchange. I guess Kobe was being a ball hog and some of the teammates wanted Shaq to talk to him and just kind of say, yo, share the ball. And I don't follow sports. So forgive me if I'm butchering the story, but Shaq went up to Kobe and was just like, yo, Kobe, (laughs) there's no I in team. And Kobe's like, well, there's definitely a me in that. (laughs) And he used some explicit language, but I follow champions. And I love 
hearing stories of athletes and their triumph and their journeys. And I feed off of that energy and I love it. So yeah, athletes, champions are my biggest influencers. folks that concludes the conversation for today i trust this podcast encourages you to continue the conversation in your family circle if you'd like a transcript of this episode you can find it on my website at www.acsvisions.com click on the acv family page there you'll also see the acv family email to send in your questions for the q a segment of the podcast as a reminder episodes are published every thursday be sure to follow me on social media platforms and sign up to be notified the moment a new episode drops. Thank you for listening to the AC Visions Family Talk Podcast. Until next time.